Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges. Precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everyone. I'm Harley Thomas with Blind Living Radio in the HP studio with my co-host... Phil Mason. I'm the blind side of Blind Living Radio. And Phil calls me the sighty. The sighty for sense. now. The sighty for now. Welcome to the show, everybody. We have a special guest in the studio. Returning for a second time, she was brave, Kara Karen. Not quite, but you're close. I'm, I'm getting it. Kara get Canton. Kara oh, Catton. Yes. Yes. See, finally, see? we're there. We're you know, there. A little All light there. humor to start the show out. Yeah. I will I'm glad. continue to mess it up, Ms. Catton. It's okay. I apologize. Whoa, you got it right on a serious try. I I'm know. impressed. I know. I'm going to apologize. So, Phil, you and I have been talking, and and you're new to the Milwaukee community. Well, welcome I'm back. I'm, you're returning. I'm returning. Kara's I'm like moving the prodigal also. child. Kara's back. Kara's not back. She's new. I'm here. I'm a brand new Milwaukeean. You're a new Milwaukeean. How are you feeling about being a new Milwaukeean? Where are you I, from, actually? Where did you start? Yeah, tell us about yourself. I'm originally from Pennsylvania and stayed in Pennsylvania throughout college. And then I moved to the D.C. area after college uh, for work and was there for a few years. And then looked really for a change and to put down some roots in a new area. And Milwaukee seemed like a natural next step. I mean, moving to uh, the Arctic, but, you know, we'll see the, how it is in January. Heart, that, that you don't know anything bit. yet. That's just a month or so away. So <laughs> just be careful. And when you, you think you know, for. you don't know. I'm just going to keep the North Face in business this winter. It's okay. It's okay. So buy stocks now. There's a convenience store near you to buy parkas and hats and maybe cute earmuffs. As long as I can get a cheese head, I'll be really happy. Phil, we can get her a cheese head, can't we? I think she has to earn it. She has to go see a Packer game to earn it. You know, in she's December. from PA. Oh, yeah. In no, December. January. Because Jan- oh, we're, we're making now it. You're we're talking. making it. Playoffs are coming. Exactly. Obviously. Kara's like, no way. I probably would not return from that trip. You'll find me a week later frozen solid to the benches at Lambeau Field. You'd be so- fine. She knows it's Lambeau Field, Phil. So we're on a good start. We're, we're on. We're on our she's way. She's a fast learner. You know, we hire great people here at Industries for the Blind, talented people who know exactly the important things like the Packers, Lambeau Field, Cheesehead. Talk about what Kara does at Industries for the Blind. So, Kara, you are an Industries for the Blind employee. Tell us a little bit about what you do here. I am. I am a project manager. Part of what Industries for the Blind does is we have a furniture department that does full service life cycle management for anything that can go inside of a building, gym equipment, office furniture, projectors, anything. We can do it for you. And for our large scale projects, I am the project manager. So start to finish, um, customers see my face and hear my voice and uh, read my very, very lengthy, unfortunately, emails. Um, <laughs> but so I just keep the project on track, make sure we're on scope, on budget, on You're time. You're the whip, aren't you? I am. You I'm the one that makes everybody follow the rules when they really don't want to. Mm. Yeah. Well. I was going to say, I was that kid whenever somebody did something bad for the substitute in second grade that offered to raise your hand whenever the teacher asked what the class did yesterday. I was that kid. 
I have no doubt. So, Kara, t- also tell me, because the listeners want to know, tell us a little bit about your vision impairment. So, I have oculocutaneous albinism. Spell that for me, please. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we, don't have, we don't have all day. I mean, I, I've only Alphabet? Been, <laughs> alphabet A, B, C. So, <laughs> so, that means that I don't have any pigment anywhere um, in my eyes, in my skin, my hair, anything. And because I don't have any pigment, my eyes didn't develop properly. So, all the light that enters my eye that is normally filtered out by the pigment in your eye, it's in your iris, right, Phil? It's in your retina. It's in your cornea. Phil it's, has the exact same all vision over. impairment. It, yeah, so all you guys the... have that in common. I thought it was cool. I thought it was unique. You're not. Trust me. <laughs> well, you know that, that, that was deep. You know, that was, Phil. That was deep. That went deep. I know. Phil, she she's busting your chops a little bit, and and I know today's topic is is pseudo a heavy topic. Now that you're a Milwaukeean. And you've moved, and obviously you travel around a lot. You, you like to travel and go I places. I do. I do. I travel quite a bit. I, I was in Australia recently, oh, so man. all over the place. You go everywhere. I and they do. let you back in the country? They did, actually. I was kind of surprised that they let me back in, really. They didn't discriminate you? That That's going to be the topic of today's show is discrimination. Maybe while you travel, in the workplace, when you go to the grocery store, when you get in a cab, when you buy a car, whatever it is. And... I think that's one of the things a lot of people have discrimination against themselves. Some people some people don't. I can definitely see discrimination in my life. I, I look at, I think back to one of the pinnacle examples I've ever had. I was in eighth grade and I had a music teacher that insisted on opening my folder, opening all of the prongs for my folder, and then putting my papers in for me because she didn't understand that I could still see. And so instead of refusing to help, she's overhelping, which can be a little bit of a burden too. And so I saw that. And then, you know, as I went through school, there were different examples. I had a professor in college that even after receiving the letter from um, the accommodations office, refused to give me the requested accommodations. And so it went to the dean and everything else. That's on Um, the other end of the spectrum. Overhelp. Overhelp. Which, which you view as discrimination, overhelping, which is interesting. I mean, We've talked about that before. Because it wasn't anything in eighth grade. It wasn't anything that I had asked her to do. It was her assuming that I couldn't do it for myself instead of asking, do you need help or can I help you? That was really it. And I think I look at after college and my experiences in my first workplace where I had a superior tell me in a professional environment that I was not able to do my job because of my vision. And that was a really, really low moment. Were they correct? No, they weren't correct. Everything I was doing was on my laptop. I could do it just like everybody else. What were what was some of their worries? Um, she was worried about me managing the amount of data that I was managing because it was managing millions of cells in a giant Excel spreadsheet at that point. And I really think what it came down to for her was lack of an understanding of how people with visual impairments and that are blind can really do everything that anybody else does, maybe in just a little bit different way. And so, you know, she continued on with that attitude and it did become a problem. But fortunately for me, I was able to show her through my actions that you need not worry about me or me as an employee. So I think it really, it worked out for me in the end, but How one, so? I, I ended up actually, I ended up building my own department and managing my own department about a year into being employed there, which it was brand new. Nobody had ever done that before. Were you the only blind employee there? I was. Pretty cool. Though. It was pretty that's, cool. That's like super cool. 
It was like super cool. It was really, it was a great opportunity. And I think that really taught me a lot more about how you need to be aware of what your rights are in the workplace as an adult. And it taught me a lot about what I, how to advocate for myself. And I think that was one of the biggest takeaways I've experienced from any form of discrimination, whether in school, my professional life, or my personal life, is knowing what my rights really are. So discrimination in personal life and getting around town. I know in the show we've talked about cab drivers not wanting to accept people with guide dogs, restaurants not accepting guide dogs. We've talked about that one a couple times. What are some some examples of everyday life where where you or or Phil, even you? I mean, where where have you seen discrimination in personal life places like someone won't let you in? So Phil's got a couple, but he's not sure he really wants to share them. Well, I can think of a few. Like Kara, I have albinism as well so i kind of stand out in the crowd where it's not as much as blatant discrimination it's more of distraction for the most part unnecessary questions i think it happens with people who have canes who have dogs where a lot of the questions people just generally want to know but on a day-to-day basis we have to live our normal lives in a professional manner in a personal manner or whatever we're trying to do that we can't take a stop to you know Okay, let me hold your hand and explain to you what albinism is. Let me explain to you what this cane is. Please don't touch my dog. This is what this dog is. So on and so forth. A lot of things that people don't get to see on a day-to-day basis that we have to add and account for on our everyday basis. Like we discussed in the other show, I'm one of the few people who are legally blind who's able to drive. I have to take extra consideration into where I live compared to where I work. So I always make an effort to live east of my job site. So in the morning when I'm driving to work, I'm driving west. The sun's behind me. And at the evening when I'm driving home, I'm driving east and the sun's behind me. It's one of those things that you probably never thought about. Phil, that is a great discussion. I think we should take a quick break, hear from our sponsors. You're listening to Blind Living Radio. I'm Harley Thomas. And I'm Phil Mason with Kara Cadden in the HP Studios. And we'll be right back. We'll be right back after a word from Industries for the Blind, Milwaukee, the official sponsor of Blind Living Radio. Are you blind or visually impaired? Are you seeking a job? Well, Industries for the Blind is dedicated to hiring people just like you. Just go to IBMILW.com slash careers and find out how you can become part of our wonderful team of blind and visually impaired professionals. That's IBMILW.com slash careers. Direct from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Blind Living Radio from Industries for the Blind. Welcome back to Blind Living Radio. I'm in the HP studios. I'm Harley Thomas with... Phil Mason, and we have our wonderful guest here, Kara Catton, the project manager, the manager of all managers, soon to be my intern. At Industries for the Blind. You should be so lucky, Philip. Wow. You I, know, before the break, we were having a good discussion about Phil driving, and which scares me a little bit. It is a little scary, I'll admit. I shouldn't be scared, but but I am a little scared. Can and I borrow the keys? Do you know what scares me the car. most, Phil? What's that? What, what I... It doesn't unnerve me because I know what it is. But we are talking about discrimination before the break, and you and Carrie shared, shared a, a short instance on it. Your ocular... Um, albinism? Albinism. We'll get it. Al- ocular albinism. Say that go. 20 times really fast. Causes your eyes to shift a little bit. Can you explain a little bit and maybe how some people perceive that? 
because you both exactly. have it. I mean, it's just part of the. It's just part of. of it's of who par- you are. it's part of the road show. Right. So exactly what it's called is called nystagmus. The type of nystagmus I have is pendular, so it's left to right. Some people have rotary, which is kind of really groovy type of nystagmus that some people have. That goes up and down or round and round? Round and round. Round and round. Round and round. round, and round. Okay. So with my pendular nystagmus, I'm not sure if you ever noticed this or heard about it, but oftentimes it's a sign of intoxication. So a lot of times when a cop pulls you over, they'll look into your eyes to see if there's any nystagmus going on left to right. That's a sign that you might. Exactly. That may be a sign that you maybe had a few too many. But for me, that's just my day-to-day, every day. And I used to work in aviation for a while. I used to work for different airlines here and there in different roles. And as we all know, the airlines are pretty strict on duty time, whether you're drinking, any drugs. So you can get tested for whatever, whenever, however. So a lot of times I had a lot of concerns from people who saw my eyes like, I think this guy is drunk. Maybe he had a couple too many. And for me, it's like I'm from Milwaukee, but I don't drink on the job. So a lot of times it just slowed down my day by... Hey, we need you to blow into this stick. You could say you were discriminated against and pulled out for random testing on a more regular basis than others. Exactly. And I kept trying to explain to my employers that once my eyes stay straight, then you need to worry. Then you need to worry. But as long as they're going side to side, that's the normalcy. Kara, what about you? Have you had any experiences like Because you also have pendular, I can't say the rest and of the nystagmus. word. I do nystagmus. also have pendular nystagmus. Um, I've had some experiences with whenever um, people are close to my face, whenever they see my eyes moving, and then they turn and stare directly into my eyes. There's nothing more unnerving than prolonged eye contact with a stranger. Like Harley's doing right now. I mean, it's still a little creepy. <laughs> but one of my favorite um, creepy stories is when I have a good friend down in Missouri who's a lawyer. And he is one of the public defenders um, down in Jefferson City, Missouri. And he was telling me at one time when he was meeting with his clients, he has albinism like me. And he has a tough time seeing. And one of his clients, when he came into the room, was like, Thank God I got the albino one and not the one who sniffs paper. And he's thinking, like, what lawyer here sniffs paper? Then he proceeded to read, you know, the case file on the client and brings the paper right to his face. And as he's doing this, he realized immediately, oh, I'm the paper sniffer. Because he has to bring it close to his he face to be able to read it. Right, exactly. He has to bring it close to be able to read it. And he, uh, he assumed that he was a paper sniffer. Uh, he said, I wonder who the paper sniffer is. That's very funny. <laughs> so that's a little different. You know, it's one of those things where people just don't know. The client discriminated against his attorney, against his public defender. Right there, that was another dis- – oh, I hope I don't get well, it. And that's I, another good example. And even just a few weeks ago, I was walking down the street, and I had a gentleman yell out of a truck that, hey, I need to get out in the sun a little no, no, I really don't need to get out in the sun a little. The sun's sun, bad for you. The sun is not my friend. It is not Philip's friend. And so, I, you know, I think just those offhanded comments that sometimes people intend to be rude, um, like that gentleman clearly did. And sometimes it just comes off as a lack of education, I think. Wouldn't you agree, Phil? Or even a lack of experience. And I think that's one of the things where Industries for the Blind does great. It has a lot of experience for those who are visually impaired or blind to work and have jobs and get out there in the community where there's no questions needed while as other organizations don't have any experience and then you know it takes a lot for any organization to 
check out an employee who might do things differently. Phil, I have a story for you. What's that? Do you want to hear it? Of course. So I was at a trade show. It was a while ago with one of the gentlemen here from the office. Actually, a few people from the office. All right. And I had to go meet with one of the show personnel people. So we had a blind gentleman with us. And I was leaving him, quote unquote, in the care of somebody else. Not really in the care because he's a human being. So you're not leaving him in the care of anybody, right? Obviously. Obviously, he can get around perfectly fine. But he's in a strange convention center, so he might need a little help. Like, oh, you need to go to the left or go to the right. And he's perfectly capable to find his way. He has been blind since birth, so I think he knows what he's doing. So she asked the question, what if he's got to go to the bathroom? And I'm thinking, you're sort of discriminating against him. What if he's got to go? I said, so ask him if he'd like to take your elbow or if you can just direct him. Well, what do I do when he gets to the door? That was her next question. My answer was, I think he'll be okay. He's done it his entire life. He'll be fine. (laughs) Well, that leads to a very curious question that I'm sure a lot of people have. Because we have a lot of sighties who listen in on the show, too. What if they want to find out more about blindness in general? Is there a safe place that they can go to and learn more? Or people that are losing their vision due to age, macular degeneration. The new blindie. Kara, what about people that have babies that are born blind and they they need a resource for their small children? I know. So one good place in the Milwaukee market is a place called Vision Forward. Their website's vision-forward, F-O-R-W-A-R-D, dot org. So what do they do there? Vision Forward, really, they empower, educate, and enhance the lives of individuals impacted by vision loss through all of life's transitions. So as you age... Or if you're born with a with a visual impairment, they can help people with that. Help them understand it. Help them find out what their options are. They work on mobility and cane mobility. So that sounds great. It's all great stuff. So I would recommend vision-forward.org. I'd like to thank all listeners for tuning in today, listening to Blind Living Radio. I'm your co-host, Phil Mason, with Harley Thomas. And today we were joined in the studio by Kara Canton. Almost. Canton. Yes. You know, it's going to become a standing joke now. It's it her is. last day anyway. At least you're not calling me incontinent anymore. No, no. No, no. Kara Catton, it was a pleasure having you here. We'll invite you back someday soon. You're so much fun. Thanks for having me. Phil, as always, great show, Blind Living Radio in the HP Studios. You can find us on iTunes. Or on blindlivingradio.com. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to and supporting Blind Living Radio. You can support Industries for the Blind by ordering any of our products from blind-made.com. That's blind-made.com. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP Ink and Toner Cartridges. Precision engineered to work together with your HP printer.